0: Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast.
1: Back in better than ever, Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance, busiest day of the year, and a jam-packed guest list to talk it all over. Booger McFarlane in 15 minutes on the Goodyear Hotline. Kurt Warner, the Hall of Famer later today. My uncle Seth, Seth Greenberg, No Relation, breaking down your brackets. All that and more, the list is inspired by Drew Brees. The hashtag crew is in the house. Here we go.
0: Here we go! Only one place to start. What more can you tell us about this aggressive approach coming out of New England? Very unpatriot-like. What message is Bill Belichick sending to the rest of the league today? I don't ever want to go through another season like 2020 ever.
1: That is where it begins. With a very un-Belichickian approach, it would appear... ...to the start of NFL free agency, which in theory hasn't even really begun. It is not until tomorrow that the new league year starts and these deals can become official, but we all know that all these conversations have been taking place, as evidenced by the fact that the moment the door even opened a crack, all these deals were already ready to go. So, here's what I'm going to give you, okay? I'm going to give you Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. You listen to this show, I assume, to find out what's really happening rather than all the noise that other people are trying to make just to get your attention. So when you hear people say, Bill Belichick has gone crazy, it's a wild spending spree, he's out for revenge, make a mental note when you hear someone say that, that that person doesn't have the first idea what they're talking about. Here's what really happened yesterday. The Patriots had a ton of cap space in a market that is obviously very depressed because they have brought down the salary cap this year, and so most of the teams that might otherwise have been in it were going in the opposite direction. They went out and they signed a bunch of good players at excellent value. It all looks so unusual because we aren't used to seeing them spend, but Bill Belichick is very calculated. He saw a roster filled with holes. He saw a chance to fill it up with great value signings. Everyone going crazy. Oh, John o. Smith, they got the tight end. Yeah, they made him the sixth highest paid tight end in the sport. Matthew Judon, oh my goodness. He's now the 18th highest paid edge rusher. Mills is now the 20th highest paid safety. Aguilar is the 22nd highest paid wide receiver. Kendrick Bourne the 33rd. And all of that assumes all the reported contract numbers that we're getting are right, which they probably aren't because the initial reports are almost always high because they come from the agents. So when the numbers actually come in, they'll probably have spent even less money than we think they did. So the idea that Bill Belichick went crazy yesterday when, in fact, he took advantage of an opportunity. He found the equivalent of a loophole in the system, a one-year blip of the salary cap coming down. It thinned out the market. It made it a buyer's market if he had the money to spend, and he did. And he went out and he bought a bunch of good players at good prices. He didn't spend like crazy yesterday. He did what Bill Belichick does. He did smart stuff. So if you look at that, the next time you hear someone say, oh, Belichick has gone nuts, he's breaking everything in order to try and, uh, and, and just to be, keep up with Brady and everything else, just stop listening to that person. They don't know what they're talking about. Now, having said that, I'm being told right now in my ear to check Adam Schefter's, here we go. Okay, this is a big signing. New England has struck again. Shefty tweeting one minute ago The Patriots are signing now former Chargers tight end Hunter Henry to a three-year, $37.5 million deal that includes $25 million in guarantees. Free agency's top two tight ends, Henry and W. Smith, wind up in New, Orleans, New England. That is a great signing, and that is Bill putting it back together again. Again, taking advantage of a loophole. Taking advantage of a one-year situation in which he happened to have the money. Maybe that's coincidental. There's no way even Bill Belichick saw this coming. Nobody forecast that a global pandemic would knock the salary cap down in a year in the NFL. was something that has literally never happened before, and we would assume will never happen again. So now they sign Hunter Henry. So now you go back to the days when they had their great success. Think about what they did with two tight ends when they had Rob Gronkowski and Aaron Hernandez. Think how good that offense was. Now the question is, who's the quarterback going to be in New England? I do not think the expectation of practically anyone is that it's going to be Cam Newton. If you look at his contract, he's getting paid basically backup money with the opportunity to earn enough incentives that it could turn into a reasonable deal. But even so, it would be near the bottom of the market for starting NFL quarterbacks. Will he be there, QB? Mike, Mike? if I had to bet it on, I would bet no, but it's not impossible. But he's put together good pieces. He recognizes that his team flat out stunk. He went out and he found a way to to put pieces together. They make themselves into a contender instantly. Straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. Add to that the fact that they're getting back all these guys who opted out. Dante Hightower, Patrick Chung, all these good players, particularly on their defense, a defense that was number one in the NFL the year before. They're all coming back. So if you don't think the Patriots are a factor in the AFC East right now, I beg to differ. I just asked that question to everyone I had on TV with me this morning, and all of them picked the Buffalo Bills. And yeah, the Bills are really good. I wouldn't bet against Bill Belichick and the Patriots. Let's see who his quarterback is. We'll talk about it with Booger. Of all the other moves that got made yesterday, and there were a lot of big ones, Ryan Fitzpatrick to Washington, Jameis Winston staying in New Orleans, Gronk staying in Tampa, the Titans getting Bud Dupree, the Jets making a couple of deals that I really like, Corey Davis, the receiver, and Carl Lawson, uh, the pass rusher, both young and getting paid a bunch of money. I think the most significant one is Fitzpatrick to Washington. And I will say this just as definitively. The Washington football team, to me, is clearly the team to beat in the NFC East. Everyone is doing what they always do with Dallas. You just keep falling back into this trap. What part of they stink don't people get? Last year, and I love Dak, but there's no reason to think Dak's going to be better than he was when he was playing last year. And they should have been winless when he was playing. If Atlanta knew how to cover an onside kick, Dallas would have had zero wins when Dak Prescott got hurt. Their offense isn't getting any better. Their defense can't get any worse. But it's one thing to change coordinators. It's another thing to change all the talent. Cowboys aren't any good. I think the Giants are the second best team in that division. Let's see what the quarterback turns into. But Washington is by far the best, and I'll tell you why. Because to be good, you've got to be outstanding at something. Washington is outstanding at something. Washington has a dominant defensive line. Dominant. That's a great thing to have. And they have a quarterback in Fitzpatrick who is completely underappreciated for how good he has been the last few years. I've told you this before. I've been saying it for a while on this show. The last three seasons, he's had a higher completion percentage than Tom Brady. He's had more yards per attempt than Russell Wilson, and a higher QBR than Deshaun Watson. He hasn't been Fitz tragic. He has been Fitzpatrick, not Fitz magic, not flinging it all over the yard. He's been a good quarterback. They had the worst quarterback play in the NFL last year in Washington. They were last in QBR, and they won seven games. If they had Ryan Fitzpatrick as their quarterback last year, they would have won nine games. They make a couple of ads here, there. They're going to win 10 games this year. Washington is going to win 10 games this year, and they're going to win the NFC East. Booker McFarland is going to join me next. I've got to go through all these moves here. Obviously, huge stuff. The list is phenomenal today. Plus, I will explain why one very prestigious sports award is actually practically meaningless. All that and more just getting rolling. Greeny on ESPN Radio. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement...
0: Granny
1: rolling along, presented by Progressive Insurance. In 30 seconds, Booger McFarlane will join me on the Goodyear hotline, and we will explain exactly what it is he doesn't have in his life that he (laughs) seems desperately to need. That's in exactly 30 seconds. You don't want to miss it. I'll spend those 30 seconds talking to you about ZipRecruiter. It's good news for baseball fans. Hembo, pay close attention to this. Mm. You will be allowed to attend games this season where you sit in pods with your group. Businesses everywhere are making the gradual shift towards normalcy, as well. That means more hiring, and that's where ZipRecruiter comes in. ZipRecruiter's matching technology finds people with the right experience for your job and invites them to apply. So it's no wonder that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free, only at ZipRecruiter.com/Granny. That's ZipRecruiter.com/g-r-e-e-n-y. The big fella, Booger McFarlane, is, joins us live here on ESPN Radio. And, you know, there's so much free agency news to get into and everything else. But, Booger, you seemed somewhat upset, this, or, or upset and obsessed this morning with the idea that Lululemon does not make clothes big enough for you. I, I'd, I'd like to share some of that thought here. Why, why is it that this seems to bother you so much?
2: Well, well Greeny, first of all, good morning, Nuno, Hembo. Glad to be with you guys. It, it, Greeny, here's the thing, is that R.C. got on, and it was a very humble brag by R.C. this mm-hmm. morning wh- when he dropped what he was wearing, Lululemon joggers. And so it just brings to mind that even if I, I don't, but even if I wanted to put on a pair of Lululemon joggers, I can't. I've gone in the store before. I've, I've held up a pair of the X. The double X may as well be a medium because it fits a <laughs> European style. And you know and I know European cut doesn't work well with dudes that have a big buttocks or thighs, which I have. So, therefore, uh, Ryan Clark opened up a wound that's been there for years. Me and my wife had this discussion. Lululemon needs to make joggers for bigger guys. Every now and then, I like to feel like I'm a European guy throwing a pair of joggers. Even though they don't look great on me, I still want to wear them every now and then.
1: I think that is good. And I think that having talked about it as much as we managed to on TV this morning, it is a safe bet that if they do decide to make them, they're going to send a whole bunch of them to your house. So (laughs) we'll look look forward to that. All right, Book, since we last spoke, I mean, we were on TV together 20 minutes ago. And since we last spoke, the Patriots made another signing. So now they sign Hunter Henry, the tight end formerly of the Chargers, as well as Jonu Smith. They bring in the two receivers we talked about with Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne. So let's just focus for the moment here, first off, on that offense. What do you think, with Cam Newton currently in the quarterback position, what can that offense be, and how good can they be if they don't figure something else out of quarterback?
2: Well, Greedy, I think the offense can be good. I don't know if it can be great. Uh, the offensive line, I, I think, is going to be really good. They have a good stable of running backs. And now you have two of the more versatile tight ends in football, and you know, Hunter Henry and John O. Smith. Hunter Henry can be the in-line tight end, the guy that's going to block a little bit more. He's going to be next to the tackle. John O. Smith is going to be the move guy. He'll go in motion a lot. And they'll be able to control the middle of the field. My only question is, when you take away that middle of the field and you have to get explosive plays on the outside pass, 10 or 15 yards down the field, can Cam Newton be consistent enough throwing the football to do that? I watched Cam Newton bounce balls and throw balls over receivers' head last year. Just because you sign a bunch of big names, that's not going to change the accuracy of your quarterback. So the offense is going to be good because of the style they play, and they're going to be able to dictate tempo and physicality and toughness to teams. But at some point, you can't line up and run the veer okay, you're going to have to throw the football down the field at some point. And so my questions still are where they were last year, which is around the quarterback.
1: So is there anything they can do about it, I guess, is the question. If you're looking at them, you look at what Bill is trying to do, uh, whatever his psychological motivation is here, I I believe he just looks at this as he does everything else, dispassionately, and he's trying to win. Um, He has Cam Newton on what is essentially a backup contract, the the contract of a backup quarterback. Is there anything available – and you're that you're aware of that he could get at quarterback that would make you feel like he's a legit contender to win the whole thing this year?
2: Uh outside of getting Deshaun Watson, no. Mm-hmm. Because I I don't think Seattle is going to trade Russell Wilson. If you say New England's gonna figure out a way to go up and get one of these young quarterbacks, are we still gonna say that they're a contender with a rookie quarterback? Probably not. So really the only move that they could make will be to get Deshaun Watson, and we all think that they don't have the 5 power nor the money based on what they spent now to go and do that. So I think they're going into the season with Cam Newton as a starter, and they're going to say, we're going to go back to doing things that no one else is doing. When everybody else zig, we're going to zag. Everybody's going to this spread offense, and it's wide open. We're going to line up and do what we did to Kansas City. Remember what they did when they went in the airhead a couple years ago. Everybody was talking about Mahomes and the passing game. Remember what they did early in the game, Green? And they lined up and ran the football down the Kansas City Chiefs' throat. And they played really good defense, which was supposed to be against the Chiefs, which is an explosive offense. And they won the football game. I think they're going to go back. You look at Judon. You bring back Hightower. You look at Chum. They still have Gilmore. They have one of the more formidable defenses on paper right now, and they're still not done. So they're going to try to run the football ball control, hopefully Cam, can make a few passes, a few plays here and there, and see if they can win that way. I don't know if they can do that, though.
1: Booger McFarland is with me on the Goodyear hotline. Goodyear celebrating March deal days with month-long service and savings. Visit GoodyearAutoService.com for offers. I actually asked you, do you believe they can win the AFC East this year? And not only do you like another team, but you took it a step farther. Go ahead, Booger, for anyone who wasn't watching with us, tell us what you told America on TV. I think the
2: Buffalo Bills win the AFC East. I think the Buffalo Bills win the entire AFC. Green, this team reminds me of the Buccaneer team that I was on uh, a while back. You know, it took us a while to figure out how to win and how to beat and and, and play against um, certain teams. For us, it was the Philadelphia Eagles. For the Bills, I think it's going to be the Kansas City Chiefs. And they've taken steps throughout their progression over the last couple years, just making the playoffs. Then you go move on this year, you win a game against the Colts, and you move on to the second round against the Chiefs. So how now do they continue to take the next steps and get ready to go to the Super Bowl? I just think it's part of the maturation process. I think they're going to win the entire AFC. I think the world of Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean, I think what they've done from a team-building standpoint, how they've built their defense, how they've spent their money, they've been very wise. And they have a young, budding superstar at the quarterback position. So I think all arrows point up in Buffalo, and they are my pick, uh, albeit really, really early, to win the AFC and go to SoFi Stadium.
1: I like it out there. Buffalo in the Super Bowl, says Booger McFarland, is with us here on ESPN Radio. So in the division, you've got New England, and we've talked about all the stuff they've done. You've got Miami, and we wait to see what they do, in, in particular to see if they manage to get Deshaun Watson. And then there are the Jets, who started making some moves yesterday to start turning around their fortunes. And the big one, of course, is they bring in the receiver Corey Davis, who not so long ago was the fifth pick in the draft and has been productive. He had over 60 catches this year and over 60 catches a couple of years ago. So if you look at what they're doing on the offensive side, Booger, we know that the the, the biggest questions in the NFL draft will be answered by the Jets at some point between now and the first night. Either they will take the quarterback at number two or they will do something leading up to that. What would you do if you were sitting where they're sitting?
2: I will keep Sam Donald. I will build around him. I, I would either take a uh, a tackle if they have him rated that high uh, or drop back and, and get a receiver. Greeny, it's amazing what's happened in, in not only society but the NFL the last few years. If you're not great right out of the gate, then all of a sudden you're chopped liver and, and you, can be, you become expendable. Greeny, think about this. Think about what happened to Ryan Tannehill. Adam Gates had us so fooled that Ryan Tannehill was garbage that we almost believed it. Mm -hmm. He went to Tennessee, and now all of a sudden Ryan Tannehill is a franchise quarterback. Uh, Adam Gates has us believe uh, that Sam Dono is garbage, okay? I don't think Sam Dono is garbage. I think Sam Dono is just a quarterback that's been tied to a bad play caller and a bad offensive coach in Adam Gates. And now you bring in Mike LaFleur, you bring in Robert Salak, it's going to be a very quarterback-friendly offense, Greeny. Think about what Kyle Shanahan has done. It's a run-based scheme. They're going to cut the field in half. They're going to use the quarterback's athleticism. It's going to put Sam Donald in some very advantageous situations. If I'm the Jets, I keep the second pick, draft the tackle, or I trade back, take Jamar Chase, get the receiver, and allow my offense to mature and grow around Sam Donald. It would be a mistake for them to give up on a guy after year three, when in my opinion, Adam GaSe has shown us he can ruin a quarterback the way he did Ryan Tannehill. I think he did the same thing to Sam Donald.
1: Well, I agree with with every word of that for sure. And I would add they had terrible talent too. They had terrible personnel. Not only was the coaching terrible, but they had terrible players. The tackle that Booger is talking about is Pinay Sewell, who was from Oregon who opted out this past year. But he's one of these you know rock solid bookend kind of tackle players. So you could take him up. He's going to go somewhere at the top of the draft. Um, you could yep. take him that high. You could probably trade back and take him if you wanted to, you know, a couple of spots, or you take Jamar Chase, who was the receiver from LSU, who won the Blutnikoff Award two years ago, who was better than Justin Jefferson on that LSU team that won the championship that you know so well, Booger. Um, and Jefferson went into the NFL and set the league on fire as a rookie this past year. So Chase is going to be a star player. Uh, Booger, uh, it was a pleasure, as always. Uh, I'm going to do my best to get you the the most stylish workout wear I possibly can. Uh, and you owe me a call, by the way, on this golf date I'm trying to put together. So call me later.
2: Absolutely, Greenie. I'll call you de- call you later. And Greenie,
1: I don't want to work out in the Lululemon. I want
2: to do like my wife does with a yoga pants. I just want to put the Lululemon on and just walk around the mall because they be they become stylish. That's what I want to do.
1: Oh no, I'm aware of that, but I mean, I just can't picture this, Booger. <laughs> I cannot picture you. What are we going these days, big fellow? What what <laughs> what 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 are we what are we right now going roughly? You've been working on that Peloton. I see you all the time. What are we going here? I-
2: Absolutely, Greeny. I'm 280 pounds, which is down from my height of 335. So I've lost a ton of weight. Now 280 is still big. If you if you want a reference to what 280 looks like, uh, Aaron Donald is about 285, so he's a tad heavier. Although he has a six pack, so he's a shape just a little bit differently than I am.
1: Does he have Lululemons?
2: I'm sure he does. <laughs> uh, I mean, he's not he's not too much bigger than I am. It's just that we're just kind of. We're just shaped a
1: little bit. <laughs> the day they still talk about, as, Bo- as big a fella as Booger is, the day they still talk about at my golf club, he's with me at Bayonne Golf Club in New Jersey. Booger was with me. We're standing on the 15th green, and it was a windy day, and that golf course is right on the water. And it is a windy day, and a, 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 a wind came in. Like, it, the wind started to blow so hard that it actually moved Booger out of his stance. <laughs> He was getting set to putt the ball, and the wind actually blew him back. And I said, Booger, you're a man who's – you spent your entire life, you made millions of dollars with 300-pound with men trying to move you against their will, and you couldn't. And yet here, this little bit of wind just blew you backwards, and everyone at the club still talks about that day, big fella.
2: I love it, Greed. That's just an ode to how I've slimmed down. Back in the day when I was 335, not only would the wind not have moved me, I would have moved the wind and probably made that putt, but I didn't and I digress.
1: <laughs> oh, I love you, big fella. we will talk to you later. Thank you. All right, buddy. He's the best. Booger McFarlane with me here on ESPN Radio. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive's Home Quote Explorer is changing the way you buy home insurance. Now you can go online, get a custom quote, and save both time and money. Learn more at Progressive.com. I was making this comment this morning, actually, before we get to the green list. The hashtag crew is here. We introduce everybody. Hembo is back from—wasn't in studio yesterday. Hello, Hembo. It's good to be here. Bubba, you there today? I have not, I've not heard from you yet. It's hashtag Bubba in the house. Sure. All right. Very good. He wears Lululemon, right? Uh, Bubba, do you own any Lululemon? I'm sorry. What do you you know? I I refer to you as my my disheveled board operator for a reason. Do you own any Lululemon clothing whatsoever? Yeah. uh, No. Okay. Fair enough. So the yeah and the no. I think both operative there. Nuno. How about Nuno? Nuno. Are you with us today? Hashtag noons. I am. Yeah. And any Lululemon in the wardrobe there? No. Okay, fair enough. How about Devin? <laughs> Devin, who earned the D back the other day. Wild card here, wild st- card. Still working on the hashtag. And Devin is sort of a, you look, a sort of, you're a sort of fit fellow. You have any Lululemon in the, uh, in the, in the wardrobe? Currently shopping right now. I don't have any currently. Okay, let's see what we can do. He's pretty much Hembo could wear some. Uh, I, got, no question yeah, I got a nice pair of pants. It. All right. Anyway, I, I want to get to the list here, but there are a few other points that I want to make on all of this, and we will. And the football obviously continues to come in fast and furious, but let's do the list. The list is what determines who
2: matters in this business.
1: Green list. So every day it's the green list. My top five, this, that, or the other voted exclusively by me, the world's foremost authority on all matters. And this was inspired yesterday. We got into a conversation about Drew Brees and his brilliant Hall of Fame career, first ballot Hall of Fame. You don't need me to tell you how great a player he was. And the question was raised by a caller yesterday. Is Drew Brees the greatest player never to win MVP? So Nuno and I said, that sounds like a really good list. So I have the top five. NFL players never to win the MVP award. And I will tell you ahead of time, Drew Brees is not on the list. Mm. Number five. Five is Aaron Donald. And here's how I decided to make this list. As I looked over all of the players, I decided there is a list, and you're going to hear it, of players who you could argue are the greatest in the history of their position and have never been named the MVP. That was my ticket to this list as I was trying to break ties. There were so many players you could put on here. And mean Joe Green is one of the greatest defensive tackles of all time. He never won the MVP award. But I'm going with Donald because everyone keeps telling me this guy's the greatest they've ever seen at what he does. Everybody who knows this sport, everyone I interview on a daily basis on TV and radio, they wax rhapsodic about Aaron Donald. He's the best I've ever seen. Well, if he's the best you've ever seen and he's never won the MVP award, he belongs on this list. He's number five. Number four. Four is Randy Moss. He's the only one that I, on this list that isn't the greatest at the history of his position. But I'll tell you why I put Moss on this list. Because it continues to rub me the wrong way that he didn't win the award in 2007. If you were listening to Mike and Mike, then I was pounding the table. Randy Moss was the MVP of the league that year. He got to New England, and he made that the best offense ever. Brady wound up winning the award that year. Randy Moss finished with uh, 98 catches, almost 1,500 yards, and 23 touchdowns. He was the difference. Brady was the same guy. He was the difference. Randy Moss should absolutely have won an MVP that still doesn't sit right with me. That's why he's four on the list.
0: Number three. The
1: rest are all the greatest in the history of their position. Number three is Ed Reed. Ed Reed is the greatest safety in NFL history. Not necessarily the big hits, the Ronnie Lott style safety, but as far as coverage, he's the 2004 Defensive Player of the Year. He had a 106-yard touchdown return, nine picks, 78 tackles in 2004. He had one of the great seasons ever. He is one of the great, not one of, he's the greatest safety ever. And I believe that he belongs on this list. Ed Reed, no safety, I think, is ever going to win the MVP award, but that doesn't mean he doesn't belong on the list of the greatest players not to win it. Number two. Two is Deion Sanders. Deion Sanders, if you're old enough to remember him as a player, first of all, he's the best punt returner ever. There has never been a punt returner better than him ever. I remember I was covering the Chicago Bears, and they were playing Atlanta, and they punt, the Bears punted the ball to Deion Sanders, and once that lost his mind on the sideline, lost his mind. And I remember in the postgame afterwards asking, Coach, why were you so upset? He said, we were kicking the ball out of bounds. We were never going to let Deion Sanders beat us. You don't kick the ball to Deion. So as a return man, he was the best ever. And as a cover guy, he just took away half the field. It was like half the field didn't exist. He was, now I, I will always be a Revis guy. Darrell Revis, I think, might have been on some level a better overall player because he was much more physical. Deion famously didn't like to tackle anybody, all of that. But just pure cover corner, no one took away your best player like Dion did. Dion belongs on this list. He's number two on the list of the greatest NFL players never to win the MVP. Can you guess who is number one? Number one, Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice is number one. He finished second in 1995, second in 1987, third in 1994, third in 1993. Listen to some of the numbers in the years he didn't win it. In 1995, he had 122 catches for 1,850 yards and 16 touchdowns. Didn't win the MVP. 1987, 1,570 yards, 22 touchdowns. Didn't win it. Jerry Rice is inarguably the greatest wide receiver in NFL history. Absolutely should have been the MVP somewhere along the way. And clearly deserves the number one spot on today's green list. Of the greatest NFL players never to win the MVP award, and that is to take nothing away from Drew Brees or uh, Mean Joe Green, Dick Butkus, Ray Lewis. Basically, the list is filled with defensive greats because so rarely does a defensive player win it. LT won it. And Alan Page. Won it. Alan Page. Alan Page. are the only, only two ever to win it. So there was actually a part of me last night as I was putting the list together that thought about changing it to just offensive players, Mm. just the greatest offensive NFL players never to win it because it's so skewed against defensive players. But when I looked at it in its totality, I wanted to put Dion and Reed and those guys on the list, and so I'm glad that I did. Hey, a reminder, the NBA is on ESPN Radio. Tune in tonight. Lillard and the Blazers hosting Zion and the Pelicans. It's presented by Indeed, and the coverage begins at 9.30 Eastern on most of these ESPN Radio stations. With that thought in mind, I wanted to share a quick thought about the NBA. When I saw the news this weekend that Joel Embiid had gotten hurt, and I think it was overall fairly good news, it doesn't appear to have been as serious as it looked like it might be, my first thought was, well, there goes Embiid's chance to win MVP, which I have been talking about. And then I started looking at it more closely. And I've sort of tiptoed around saying this before, but I think it just needs to be said. MVP in the NBA is a lousy award. It is all narrative. Hmm. They just don't give it to the right people. And I'll tell you why I thought of that. Because as I was reading through the article about Joel Embiid, it points out that now LeBron is the leading, I believe he's the leading uh, candidate in Vegas, right? Did you know LeBron James hasn't won the MVP award since 2013 when he was 28 years old? Five different players have won it since. Kevin Durant, Steph Curry twice, Russell Westbrook, James Harden, Giannis twice. So when we look back on LeBron James' career, we're going to say basically through this entire stretch, we're going to say he was never the best player, right? We always say that when we count up people's MVPs, well, he was the best player in the sport at a given time. LeBron James has been the best player in the league every one of those years, every one of those years, with the exception of the year he got hurt at Christmas, his first year in LA and didn't play as much. Every other year, LeBron James is the best player. And it's the same thing that used to happen to Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan was absolutely the best player in the NBA at least twice as many times as he won that award. Hembo has actually put some numbers together for that that I will get into as we continue. But it is just inarguable that both Michael And LeBron, and certainly others, because they turn this into a narrative award and they want to give it out to other people and they want to take a guy who seemed to have lifted a, a lesser team into a better record than you thought and all that, I'm not taking anything away from any of those guys. But all I'm saying is, then stop counting MVPs when we judge a player's greatness. Because if you're going to judge a player's greatness by that, then give it to the best player. LeBron has been the best player basically every one of these seasons. All right, your calls are next. It's time for What Do You Want to Know? You will call up. You will ask whatever the most interesting sports question you can think of is. And Bubba will decide if it's worthy of getting on the air. 888-SAY-ESPN. 888-729-3776 888-729-3776 is my phone number. Your calls, what do you want to know, are next after this word from DraftKings. The tournament is finally here, and DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy, is celebrating with $1 million in total prizes up for grabs. And when you enter the free DraftKings $1 million survivor pool, you can get a shot at winning $10,000 for every upset through the first two rounds of the tournament. Get in on all this week's action by downloading the DraftKings app and entering my name, Greeny, as the code when you sign up. you get you be entered into the free one one million dollar survival pool that is greeny as the code to enter into DraftKings free one million dollar survivor pool eligibility restrictions and terms and conditions apply see DraftKings.com for details back in a flash on ESPN radio
0: this podcast is proud to be supported by Jets pizza the number one pick in Detroit style pizza why it's simple Splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely.
2: Greenie, the podcast.
1: This song. Greeny with you, reminding you this show is a podcast. I'd like you to hang out with me two hours every day. That that's my first choice. And if you have that time to spend, I'd love it. But in the event that you're busy at some point here, you can always catch up. The show's called Hashtag Greeny. It's available as a podcast. They take each hour. They make it its own individual one-hour podcast. You can listen to it anywhere you get your podcast. Meanwhile, before we come to the phones, here are a fascinating stat of the day, courtesy of Mr. Hembo. Give me a stat on New England and all the money they're spending. <laughs> so the tampering period began yesterday at noon, so less than 24 hours. The Patriots have already committed 137 137- and a half million dollars in guaranteed money. That is already the second most any team has ever given in a single offseason in NFL history. Wow. Mm. Who was the most? The Dolphins last year. They gave 147 out, but the Patriots are going to blow by that probably later today. Yeah, that, that, yeah, again, if you're just joining us and hadn't heard, they added Hunter Henry to the mix today. Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith, so they have that two-headed tight end, like one-two punch like they had once upon a time with Gronk and Aaron Hernandez. They love doing that. They'll run it. Maybe Cam's the quarterback. Maybe he's not. I'm say- I've said it. I'll say it again. The Patriots are going to win the AFC East. They're going to win the division. I'm not, they're not a Super Bowl champ with Cam at quarterback. But I believe they will win the division with what they've mm. done. Our fascinating stat brought to you by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app. Meanwhile, Bubba, let's get to the phones here. The game is called What Do You Want to Know? You ask the question. I'll do my best to answer. Bubba, who's first up? First up, we have Jay. Jay, what do you want to know?
0: I want to know the most underrated signing so far is Fitzpatrick to the Washington football team.
1: The most underrated signing. I didn't hear the second part of the question. The most underrated signing is Ryan Fitzpatrick. to the asking Washington- you why. Oh, why is that the most? Oh, it, 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 Ryan Fitzpatrick is so much better than anyone gives him credit for. We all think of him as Ryan Fitztragic, as this guy who throws all these picks. He hasn't been that guy in years. Ryan Fitzpatrick, the last three years, I gave you the numbers a couple of minutes ago. He has a higher QBR than Deshaun Watson does. I have all the stats up here. He has a higher completion percentage than Tom Brady. averages more yards per attempt than Russell Wilson. He's been flat out good, and that's a really good team. They're an outstanding defense. like a genuinely difference-making outstanding defense in a bad division. The world is talking about Dallas. You do this every year. <laughs> every year you give me the Cowboys, and every year they stink. Just because you're paying the quarterback more money doesn't mean the team gets better. I love Dak and I'm thrilled he got his money, but they're not any good. I think the Giants are gonna be the second best team in that division, and I think Washington is gonna win it. Bubba, who's next? Next up is Mel. Mel, what do you wanna know?
2: Hey, Mike, man, living in New Jersey I mean, yeah, living in New Jersey listening to the station. I hear a lot of Knicks fans and a lot of
1: Nick reporters it sound like. So
2: I wanna know if the Nets and the Knicks, they trade the front office, they trade coaches, they trade players. Will people believe that the Knicks will be a favorite without KD? That they can win the title without KD?
1: So I, I want to make sure I understand what you're asking me. You're asking me because New York is such a Knicks-centric market relative to the Nets. That are you asking me if the, if, if if everything else was reversed, would people be talking about the Knicks as an NBA favorite without Kevin Durant?
2: Yes. The answer is
1: yes. I hear you. Yes, I appreciate the question, Mel. <laughs> The answer is yes. I mean, if I'm understanding the question correctly, the answer is yes. The Nets are 100% a prohibitive favorite in the East. Even if they don't get Kevin Durant back fully healthy, I believe they win the East. I don't believe they win the championship. Have you watched them with just Kyrie and Harden? They're phenomenal. Harden has been unbelievable. Harden is a legit MVP candidate since he came to the Nets. I think last night was his 13th triple-double yeah. since he got to the Nets. How many games total, Hembo? Look that up. How many games has he been a net? He's got 13 triple-doubles. He's been unbelievable. Kyrie is unbelievable, and they're going to get KD back. So I'm not 100% sure I understand the question, but whether they were the Knicks, the Nets, the Grizzlies, or the Jazz, that's the best team in the East for sure and probably the favorite to win the whole thing. Uh, Bubba, give me got? Twenty six games. Twenty six games. He's got a he's got a triple double in half the games he has played so far, <laughs> and probably could have had more. Bubba, who's next? Larry is up. Larry, you're on ESPN Radio. Larry, what do you want to know?
2: Uh, last week you was talking about analytics. Do you think analytics need to come to hockey? And this is what I mean by that, because because uh, because it, it, people don't watch it. I th- do you think that they should expand the goal post so it could be more high scoring? So it could be a more high scoring game. People will watch it more and get more viewers like shorten the hockey puck and all that and just make the goalposts a little more bigger so people can score like crazy.
1: So you're asking, so analytics in hockey, you're asking if the goal should be bigger? Is that, is that our our connection to the, isn't that good today? So I'm having a little trouble understanding. Look, here's what I'll say. I'm not the right person to ask that question to. Analytics apply to all sports equally. And analytics are just math. Math is just a smart way to go about business of any kind. So there is no question analytics are impacting the National Hockey League. I'm not the right person to ask that question to. My buddy Rick T. Pietro would know the answer to that question right off the top of his head. Now he was a goalie, mm. so there's no way in hell he's going to say yes. Make the goal bigger. <laughs> uh, there's no chance of that. The difference between hockey and baseball and basketball; those are the sports that have been really impacted by it, and the scoring has gone up. In hockey, that's not been the case at all. So I guess what he's saying is that's what he wants. That's what fans want. Perhaps I, I don't. Here's what I don't like. I. I don't like it when people who don't know anything about, like, everyone knows basketball, baseball, and football. Hockey is a little more niche. Maybe you know it better than I do. I wouldn't like it if you came on the air not knowing a lot about golf and started telling me all the ways golf should change their rules. So I get you not wanting me to change a bunch of hockey rules. Meanwhile, Hembo's got trivia questions for us today with the NCAA tournament on tap. What's the question? Greeny, which player owns the scoring record for a single NCAA tournament. For a single tournament? For a single tournament. I'm almost positive I know that. Mm. I'm almost positive I know that. And if I'm right, it's the person my mother wanted me to be. We'll see if I'm right next.